want you to pray with me because the Bible says, if two shall agree over a thing, it doesn't matter how big that thing is, but the two have the same connection, I have the same mind, they can pull that thing down. I don't want you to be a gossiper. I want you to be my carpenter. I want you to combine with me. Let's deal with some things that are dealing with us. Matthew chapter 18 verse 19. We will be reading. That is for the brothers. Zechariah chapter 1 from verse 16 to 21. Is going to be for the sisters. Okay, Matthew 18 verse 19. Let's read it together. Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that thou shalt ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. I need all of us to sound it very clear and sound it very strong. One to go. Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything Okay. Anything you shall ask, it shall be done unto you of my Father which is in heaven. Everybody, let's go to Zechariah 1 from verse 16 to 21. All right, Zechariah chapter 1, 16 to 21. Are you there? Therefore, thus said the Lord, I am returned to Jerusalem with mercies. My house shall be built in it, said the Lord of hosts. And a line shall be stretched forth upon Jerusalem. Verse 17. Cry yet saying, Thus said the Lord of hosts, My city's true prosperity shall be spread abroad, and the Lord shall yet comfort Zion, and shall yet choose Jerusalem. Verse 18. Then lifted I up my eyes, and I saw behold four horns. Somebody say four horns. And I said, Unto the angel that talked with me. What be this? This is the first pigeon English in the Bible. What be this? <laughs> and behold, four horns. <laughs> Verse 19. And I said unto the angel that talked with me, What be this? Okay, down. Verse 19. This is the horn that I've scattered Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. And the Lord showed me, since I was worried, and I said, Lord, this horn is what has scattered Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. While I was praying and I tell God about it, God showed me how many carpenters are there. He didn't even bring welders, but he brought four carpenters. So when he got into carpenters, what happened? Then said I, what come these to do? We are talking about horns and you're bringing carpenters. You should have brought hunters. And he now said, These are the horns which have scattered Judah, so that no man did lift up his head, but these are come to fray them and cast out the horns of the Gentiles, which lifted up their horns over the land of Judah to scatter it. All right, these are the horns that scatter Judah, Jerusalem, and Israel. But I brought four carpenters. I brought the carpenters to deal with the disease so they can cut it off and throw it away 
so that the people can be free. Today I'll be preaching briefly, powerfully on what I call, you are my carpenter. You may be seated in God's presence. You are, tell somebody you are, my carpenter. You're not saying it very well. Tell somebody you are, my carpenter. Tell somebody you are, my carpenter. Tell the person, I know you don't understand. After the first service, you will understand. You are my carpenter. I like the way the Bible is written. I like the way the Bible is structured. I admire the Bible so much. It's one of the books I, I don't get tired of reading. I like the way the Bible can just pick up one simple illustration, one singular example, and broaden it and makes it suit every condition. I like the way the Bible can just pick up one city and talk about Israel, one country, and the life and the character of Israel becomes like the life and the character of everywhere in the world. That's how God does things. He just picked a country. There are many places in the Bible where God decided to pick Israel because Israelites' culture reflects every other culture in the world. If you ask the Igbo people, they will tell you that they have their roots from the Jews. That's what they think. And so when God picks up Israel and uses it to make an illustration, their example, the example God uses when he's talking about Israel can easily suit with the example of many people in the world. So I like the way God can just pick up one simple thing when he's talking about I am the bread of life. He uses an example that it's so clear that no matter where you are, whether you are a China, a Chinese, or you are an Indian, you can easily know what bread is and can easily connect to what God was saying. So that's how wonderful God is. So most times you can just pick a place like Israel and start talking about Israel. And before God talks about Israel and you're reading Israel, you start finding your family in the picture of what he was talking about Israel. Example, when he's talking about Jabez and how he was neglected and how things weren't good with him. And he had to pray, Lord, enlarge my coast, enlarge my territory. So if you read about Jabez's story, you start seeing your story in it. If you read about Jephthah's story, how he was born out of wedlock, you just see that this is another story that his father looks like your father had too many wives. So you can just easily could see somebody's picture and see yourself in that picture and start having a prayer point for yourself from that picture. And so that's how the Bible is written. And each time you read the Bible, you can always have something to learn from, even when it was not at first written to you directly. So that's how God could pick words from the scripture and make it explicit and explainable to everybody who is watching. So immediately in this scripture, we could find God talking about Jerusalem. But before he talked about Jerusalem, he talks about Judah. I need you to pay attention. He talks about Judah. He talks about Jerusalem. And he talks about Israel. Okay, this is how it follows. He talks about Judah, talks about Israel, and talks about Jerusalem. And now Judah becomes their family because that's a tribe. Becomes their family. Israel 
becomes their country and Jerusalem becomes their church. Needed to pay attention. But in verse 16, he could start by saying, I've returned unto you and everything is going to be well with you. Okay, right now, if you look from verse 1 down, you can find God start talking and reconciling with the people because each time there is a scene, God leaves his people and allows them to suffer. Each time the people come back to their senses, God comes back to them. So when you read from verse 1, you can say, here God starts coming in because one person has started interceding, and that is Zechariah. And since the person is an intercessor, Zechariah is interceding for his family, God starts giving him a message for his family. I don't know how many people I'm talking to this morning, but one of the things that will make God start give you message for your family is if you can intercede for your family. And most times when you stay seven people in the house and God sends somebody outside to come and tell the family about a danger that is befalling the family in few months to come, it becomes that there is nobody in that whole family that is praying because each time there is someone who is praying, God can take the person who is praying and the more you are deep in prayers, he can take you into knowing some secrets of secrets. If you can pray for a long time, you can enter into some secrets because prayer is like holding God's hand and traveling with him. So if you want to pray and, and get deeper, all this five minutes prayer before you go to school is not going to help you. You need to create time in the middle of the night and allow God to take you deeper and deeper and deeper until you can get to a place where he can disclose to you some secret because of how deep you are. Sometimes you are so shallow in your prayers that he can't even reveal anything to you. So our subject teacher today is Zachariah. He's the one that God is talking to because he has started interceding for the whole land of Israel. We can't wait for the whole land of Israel to repent and start praying for their sin. Somebody has to intercede for them. We can't wait for everybody in the house to know the time for prayers and wake up and start praying. Somebody has to be the first to start before everybody joins. And so Zechariah became the one who could wake up very early and start interceding. And now he's not just praying about himself, but he's praying, Lord, can you restructure back Judah? Can you help the land of Israel? Can you help Jerusalem? He's praying, and when he's praying, God starts talking to him from verse 1. He said, if you return unto me, and I'll just return unto you. So what happens is that I'm always around. I didn't travel. I didn't go to anywhere. Sometimes when you see people say, I'm waiting for God, I don't think God travels. So we don't wait for God. We rather wait on him. And so what happens is that when God is now telling Zechariah, if you are talking to me, you mean what you're saying. I want you to understand that I didn't travel. I'm still around. So if you return unto me, that's what God is saying. I'll return unto you. And when we move down to verse 16, he starts talking to them, verse 15 rather, he starts talking to them about the prosperity that is coming. He said, I've delivered blessings for you because I can't come to you and you don't feel some blessings, and you don't feel some miracle, and you don't feel some anointing. So I'm coming down to you, and I'm going to bring down some blessings. And in verse 15, he talks about the blessing that is coming for them. And in verse 16, he starts also talking about how he's going to have mercy on the land. He's going to have mercy on the people, people who have done something bad, and they deserve to be punished. God says, since I've returned unto you, I'll have mercy on you. And in verse 17, he starts talking about their cry being heard. And the city will be filled with prosperity. He talks about that their city will be filled with prosperity. I will bless you so much. 
And before we even got into the depth of the discussion, we didn't even understand that when you are expecting a blessing from the Lord, the devil is also aware. And so while they were talking about the blessing, and God said, I return unto you, and when I return unto you, I have mercy on you, and when I have mercy on you, prosperity is going to follow you. Instantly, when we get into chapter 18, the guy, as he was listening to the promises of God, immediately he starts seeing some horns. I need you to understand that whenever there is a breakthrough coming out of your life, that's when you need to pray too much. Because anytime the devil sins that there's a breakthrough coming, that's when he starts raising some horns. That's when he starts raising something that will bring you down. That's when the devil starts bringing something that will bring you back to square one. Anytime there is a breakthrough in your life. And I think the best time to pray is when you start being successful in life. If you used to pray one hour when you had nothing, when you start having something, you need to increase how you pray because the more you are blessed, the more enemies you have. How I wish I can talk to somebody right now. The more God lifts you up, the more you get into more trouble. The more you are blessed, the more people get envious. Some people People may not even have any reason to be envious of you now because you have nothing. But the moment you start having little blessings, the enemy start turning his eyes over you. And the Bible said that the moment the guy discovered that God had started giving him some promises, he lifted up his eyes. And his lifting up of his eyes is he prayed more. And when I'm praying, I don't pray down. I pray up. What do you mean, pastor? I don't pray for the things that money can buy. I pray more for things that money can buy. Because if I can secure some things that money can not buy, I can rather have some things that money can buy. And what are the things that money cannot buy? Money can buy the presence of God. So if I can have the presence of God, it can secure my ways of having money. If I can have the protection from God, he can secure my money that was coming. But for people who pray down, praying for the material things, the enemy can make you gather the material things. And since you never had a coverage on top of you, the power of darkness snatches the blessing that God had given to you. So one of the things that we ought to do is that we need to pray for spiritual things more than how we pray for physical things because this world is constructed and run in the spiritual realm and the people who wake up in the morning are waking up in the morning and walking in direction of what happened in the night because the world was programmed in the night. How I wish I can talk to somebody. Before the world was created and before everything was done, the Bible said that the world was dark and everything was of no volume and everything was just vacant. But the spirit of the Lord was on top of the water. Foundations of the world are laid in the night. It takes somebody who can be able to wake up in the night to stop the devil and reconstruct some things that can be able to survive in the morning. Sometimes you just wake up in the morning and the devil has structured how many people are having accidents and how many things are happening. But if you can be able to lift up your voice and lift up your eyes like Zechariah and not just look down on the things that you have, you can be able to see some things that are going to happen when they have not happened yet. Every other person in the land of Israel are busy sleeping and living the way they like, but there was somebody who was able to pray. And as he was even talking to God, he could saw something that is about to happen. And there's anything that is bad, it is having something that you never planned for. It is having an emergency. The devil always wants you to have an emergency. An emergency is when you have something happen to you in such a way that you did not expect. 
all of a sudden you just have admission into the university or before you know it, your mother is dead and you never plan on how you are going to handle it. If the devil had made you know that five years from now you lose your mother, at least you will be able to start thinking and programming your mind on how to survive when you have no mother. But when the devil comes and snatches from you when you needed the person most, you become stranded. That's why we have to pray in order for us to see things that are about to come that we do not know. And as the man of God was praying, one of the things that he saw was that he saw some horns. He saw some horns. Let me talk about the horns for a few minutes because I don't want to preach up to 30 minutes today. Let me talk about the horns. The horns are actually powers of darkness that comes to struggle and scatter the house. Because when you read down, the Bible talks about that this horns is what scatters Judah. It's what scatters Israel. It's what scattered Jerusalem. And the devil brings horn and he uses horn to scatter the things. And whenever we talk about horn, I don't want you to think that horn can exist on its own. Horn is always on top of a beast. I don't know who understands what I'm saying. Horns are always on top of a beast. It is a beast that carries horn. Are you getting what I'm saying at all? Beast carries horn. So when you see a horn, it is that the devil has decided to use a beast to scatter the family. And if a devil uses a beast to scatter your house, it doesn't matter how good your marriage is. If a beast comes inside, it can scatter a good marriage and make a husband and wife who used to love themselves too much to have a divorce. No matter how good your house is, if the devil comes inside, the beast comes inside, he can use the horn and scatter some things that were arranged. You just need to see how a horn can scatter some things. You need to see how a a hunter is dealing with an animal that has a horn. You need to see how far an animal who has a horn can be so destructive because even the shepherd has to be very careful because if it horns get into your body, it's poisonous. When the devil brings his head into your family and enters into your house, he uses his horn to scatter some things that marriages that was built for 25 years can be scattered when the devil puts his head. Most times you don't even understand that what is happening in your house is not because your mother is too bad. That's why your father cannot get married to your mother again. Or your father is so bad. That's why your mother cannot stay. It's just because the devil had find a way into that house and it has used his horn to scatter some things. So some things that were in place for some time, you start seeing them turning upside down because the devil has raised his horn. I don't know who I'm talking to, but you better not allow the devil to get into your house because it can scatter two brothers and two brothers can no longer eat from the same pot because when the devil comes comes into the body of the house or comes into anybody, it scatters everything that was arranged. The devil is called a destroyer and what he does is to destroy what was built for a long time. He comes with a horn and when he enters like a beast, he destroys everything that was arranged. Destroyed everything that was arranged. If it comes into a village, it destroys the village. It makes this one to have quarrel with this one. I've seen brothers fight against brothers. I've seen sisters fight against sisters. I've seen blood brothers become the worst enemies because the devil has come in. It's not about your brother. It's the devil that has come in to scatter family. And so while we were reading down, the Bible said, I've seen this horn. And this is the horn that scattered Judah. It makes them not to agree over a single thing. And if they cannot agree over something, they cannot do whatever thing that they want to do. Because the devil comes to put one after another. And make sure two people that should stay together no longer stay together. When you allow this beast to come in between you and your brother... You will not be able to relate well with the person. You will not be able to pray with the person. You will not be able to become a friend with the person. Somebody that should be able to help you will become your enemy because a beast has come inside. 
when you read the book of Revelation, it talks more about the beast. When he wants to explain how bad the devil is, he calls him a beast because a beast is not reasonable. A beast doesn't think well. A beast comes with a horn. A beast comes to scatter. A beast is not friendly at all. In fact, I came to tell you that a beast is not a domestic animal. He doesn't stay in the house. A beast is in the forest. And if you see him in the forest, it's either he kills you or you kill him. Pastor, what do you mean by the beast? A beast is that demon that wants to destroy your house. A beast is that demon that wants to destroy your academic. A beast is that demon that turns your lecturers against you. A beast is that thing that makes you not to have the things that you want to have on time. And the only thing you can use to stop this beast from progressing is the power of prayers. And if you need to pray, you need to understand where is this beast so that you can be able to deal with the beast. And because if the beast comes into your life, I need you to understand, this is what the Bible tells us, you must be able to cover your heart with all the amounts of diligence because the heart is where the issues of life is. If you cannot cover your heart with so much diligence and you allow the devil to come into your life, it can scatter your life. It can destroy your life. You can see yourself, somebody that they prophesied to you when you were 12, that you were going to be a light to your family. You can see yourself so frustrated. And at 40, you can even be of help to your mother. You can see yourself, somebody that was supposed to be a graduate and somebody that was supposed to do well in life. And you see yourself become a truck pusher in life because a beast has struggled inside your life and he has now destroyed you. You can see yourself, somebody who was supposed to be glorious in life. And if the beast comes into your life, it can reduce you to nothing. You have to protect your spiritual life for a beast not to come in. And while the brother was still looking at the beast and was seeing a beast. And because now he is praying. And anytime you pray, what you do spiritually is that God makes you become a spiritual hunter. And what a hunter does is that a hunter hunts in the night. He hunts in the night. When big animals are being caught, it's in the night. So when a hunter is hunting in the night, everything is calm. That's when the devil moves around. I need you to understand that the devil does not move around when everything is walking, when everybody's praying. The devil moves when everything is calm, when people are not even observing, when everybody feels I should be enjoying now. That's when the devil comes around to pick somebody's life. When the man said, I have had enough money, I have had so much things now I think at this point I should sit down and enjoy my money that's when the spirit of death came and picked the man out of this family you need to understand that there's no time to rest because the devil can use that your resting time and destroy you forever so now the man who's praying is now like a hunter and as a hunter he's seeing four horns I'm getting ready to close now I need you to pay attention he's seeing four horns and if he sees four horns, I need you to understand because I'm getting deeper now. If you can see four horns as a hunter, what that should tell you is that what you are seeing is two beasts. Because one beast has two horns and one other beast has two other horns. Do you understand what I'm saying? Am I talking to a church right now? So one beast have two horns. The other beast have two horns. So two beasts have how many horns? Four horns. So now... He sees two beasts, and that is four horns that scatter Israel. And while he was praying, God said, all you need is a carpenter. So he now sent him some carpenters. And what he saw was how many carpenters? Four carpenters. He saw four carpenters. So what are the four carpenters going to do? Now, four carpenters are coming because the two of the carpenters are going to attack one beast. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Now, it is two carpenters for one beast. Two carpenters for the other beasts. 
do you understand at all? What it means is that there are four horns, and the four horns is just two beasts. And so four carpenters are coming, and the four carpenters are coming because you can't do alone. So God gives you a prayer partner. And when God gives you a prayer partner, it is for two of you to handle the beast that has been destroying your house. And now, if you have a prayer partner, no matter how bad he is, no matter how he does not like cooperating with you, you need to make sure you don't quarrel with your prayer partner because while we are holding the beast, if you, oh my God, now you are holding the horns of the two beasts. If I hold the horn of the beast and my brother leaves the other horn, the demon can kill me with the other horn. So, when I'm holding this other horn, you have to be serious too, to hold your other side of the horn, because if we leave this beast, this beast will destroy us. You have to understand that there's a demon we have to deal with. And so now there are four carpenters, and the two of them are in one beast, and the other two are on the other beast. And now as these two are on this beast, one has to hold his stronghold, which is the horn, and the other one holds the other horn. And the other two are holding their own also. And they have to sit closely to each other because I have to start encouraging you that I've hold my horn and I've dealt with my beast so your beast you can also deal with it. That's why when you listen to drunkards everywhere I spend more time talking about my testimony because I know you also have a beast you have to deal with. So I tell you I've dealt with my own beast. So wherever you are, get a prayer partner and deal with your own beast. And so now these two carpenters have to agree on one thing because if they don't agree together, they will not be able to destroy the beast because this is the beast that have destroyed Judah. This is the beast that have destroyed not just Judah alone. I need to go back there uh, because Judah is now their family. It makes their family useless. And the Bible said it makes their family so useless that nobody's head can come up. Sometimes you're born in a family that nobody grows up. Nobody is great. Everybody is leveled by the devil. And the last person who wanted to become so successful died mysteriously. Then there is a beast that keeps pulling people down. And the only solution to stop this beast is if only we can have some carpenters. Some carpenters who can be able to stop the beast. Who can be able to say, Lord, I don't want this beast to destroy everything in our house. We want to stop this beast. And so what happens is that Judah becomes their family. And now after Judah, we get into what Israel, which means if their family is completely destroyed, then their nation have no hope. And so the devil starts to fight with our family and wants to fight against our family and destroy every prominent person in our family. And sometimes if you are the most intelligent person in your family, you need to pray very hard because the devil's war and the devil's bullet is targeting you. And because he wants to level that family to make sure nobody grows beyond the level your uncle grew. And that's what the beast does. And apart from attacking Judah and attacking the nation, which is Israel, the next target of the enemy is to attack the church and make the church to be a place where there is no spiritual word for you to know what God has designed for you. And that's why when you are choosing a church to worship, Don't choose a church because it's your father's church or your uncle's church. Choose a church that you can be blessed inside. Choose a church that can project you to the future that you have with God. Choose your church that can put you on spiritual consciousness to make you who God wants you to be. Because there are too many beasts around that we have to deal with. If we don't deal with this beast, all of us will be leveled on the ground. Like they were leveled on the ground. So right now we have two demons. And now the four carpenters are to deal with the two demons. 
And because one of them has to hold one horn and the other one has to hold the other horn. And when we hold the horn, we have to pull the enemy down until we cut down the horns of the enemy. And the enemy becomes helpless. We need to deal with this thing that destroys our family. You need to get to a point that you start looking for what destroyed your father and deal with it. I'm not saying looking for the person that destroyed him. I mean looking for what destroyed him. I mean that thing that destroyed him. That thing the devil put into his life and used that thing to mess his life up. That coupon that destroyed his life. That drinking of alcohol. That many wives something that destroyed his life. You need to get into something and know what destroyed my father. What leveled him on the ground? What make him not to go forward in life? Because that's the beast you have to deal with. That's the beast that you have to deal with. And now, brothers and sisters, these two carpenters are prayer warriors who agree together because now they have to come together and now they have to have the same mind and they have to have the same concentration. They have to be in the same church. Come on. When you want to get married, you have to be in the same church with your husband because there is something that you have to deal with. There's a prayer point that the pastor will mention that you have to go back and pray about it. You need to be conscious spiritually in order for you to be able to defeat what the devil is doing in the house. And now the other place that the brothers were reading, what the Bible is talking about is that if two shall agree over a thing, it shall be done unto them. And as I was deliberating on the scripture, I told God, God, who are the two? God said the carpenters are the two. People who don't quarrel about themselves, but they love each other. Two members who understand why God brought them to the same church. Who can go to another person and say, I want you to be my prayer partner. There is something I'm going through. I want us to deal with it together. I have been dealing with this thing alone, but I need you to deal with me. I want you to hold this horn with me. Let's deal with this beast that has been destroying my life. I need somebody who can be able to connect with some other person. And say, I have a beast that has been trying to destroy me for 15 years. I've been struggling with this thing. I know if I pray with you, this beast will be down. And now the two people becomes the prayer partner. They becomes two members of the church. It becomes people, maybe husband and wife. They become somebody who is cognizant of what is happening. Who acknowledges that we are not fighting against flesh and blood, but we are fighting against principality and power. They become the two carpenters. And I ask God again, I say, God, what is this thing? Because the Bible says, if two shall agree over a thing. And God said, don't you know what the thing is? The thing is the beasts. Is a thing. That thing that has been destroying you. Is a beast. Until you wake up and start praying. You can deal with it. Until you lay out to pray. You can deal with that beast. You have to pray until it is no longer your voice. But when you open your mouth. It is God's voice that people hear. You have to start praying until. You can bind the beast. And bind it and cut off the thing that gives him strength. You have to be so prayerful until you are hidden with God. And not just praying alone, but you have to get somebody else into prayers. And tell the person, I need you to be my carpenter. Somebody that we can pray together. I need you to be my carpenter. Somebody that we can deal with the devil together. You are my carpenter. And please, let's not quarrel. Let's pray over this matter because it will be resolved. You are my carpenter. Somebody I can deal with the devil with. I can't deal with this thing all by myself. I've been trying to deal with this thing for a long time, but I came to confide in you because I want you to pray with me because the Bible says if two shall agree over a thing it doesn't matter how big that thing is but the two have the same connection and have the same mind they can pull that thing down I don't want you to be a gossiper I want you to be my carpenter I want you to combine with me let's deal with some things that are dealing with us if you come from the side of the country where I come from you will discover that it is so hard for somebody to become so great in life 
from this side of the country. People take a little time before they can go high in life. Some people in this country do too much and they can't even go far. And other people in the other part of the country do very little and they go too far. Then there's a beast that levels everybody on the ground. We need to pray together until God can speak somebody forth. And you don't need to be my gossiper. You need to be my carpenter. Somebody that we can pray together. Somebody that we can pull off the things together. And some few things about the carpenter is just very simple. Some few things about the carpenter is that they have the same occupation. They have the same occupation. They think the same way. They know the reason why they are gathering together. They know the reason why God brought two of them together. So somebody is not coming in because he wants to pray with you and at the end sleeps with you. But he comes in because he understands that God brought us together for us to pray for each other. For us to be able to survive. This is why we are together. They understand their purpose. They have the same purpose. And the purpose is that this is what God wants us to deal with. This is what God wants us to do in this generation. We don't need to lose focus. We don't need to quarrel with ourselves because if we quarrel ourselves and uh, our hands are not on the horns and this beast lifts up his body, all of us will be destroyed. You have to understand that when I am an intercessor, my life is at stake and because I am handling horns and if horns enter my body, it's going to kill me. So you are going to combine with me. I need you to survive. I pray for you and you also need to pray for me. And so the carpenters have the same occupation and not just that they have the same occupation, but the carpenters they need the same uniform. They wear the same uniform and brothers and sisters are uniform. Is holiness because it's one of the things that intimidates the enemy. It's one of the things that make the enemy understand that we know what we are doing. Our uniform is holiness. We need to clothe ourselves with a holiness because at the cover roll is a protection for the person who's wearing it because now my holiness becomes a protection and that is the thing that makes the devil not to deal with me like it's dealing with others. So every carpenter needs this uniform. Every carpenter needs a uniform. And the uniform is holiness. And you don't need your uniform to be stained. We need our uniform to be together. We need to wear the same thing. If we are preaching the same thing, we need to live according to what we are preaching. Else, we can allow the devil to come in and destroy our life. Another thing I think about a carpenter here is that a carpenter will always need a saw. A carpenter will always need a saw because there are some things that you have to cut down. There are some things that your hands can't do. But a saw can do it. There's some things you need to free down. And in cutting something down, this is one of the things that people don't understand about prayers. In cutting something down, a saw is not like a matchet. And so a saw does not cut something immediately. A saw needs steady and focused attention. And so you can be steady on one prayer point for three weeks until it's completely cut off. You need to steady on one subject. Sometimes I pray one prayer point for six months. Because I want to be totally delivered. I don't just want to cut on something and go back to the house and relax and thinking that I have brought it down. I have to cut it consistently until it is totally on the floor. A saw gets in deeper, slowly, on one point, until it is down. I pity you if you cannot dwell on one point of prayer for one hour or two hours. Because a saw does not do like that. A saw doesn't want to saw every place. It hits on just one prayer point. And files it, files it, files it consistently until it is totally down. When it is totally down, it gets into another one. He doesn't rush and want to pray everything. It gets into one thing. And that thing he does very well. And so that's what makes a carpenter. And a carpenter pulls it down. And when a carpenter, some of the carpenters are very wicked when they cut it and it gets into the edge. They just heat it off. 
They hit it until it falls off. And God said, there are beasts in your life that you need to cut off. If you need to get into the next level of your life, there are some demons that you need to pull off. And you can't stop it by decision. I'm not going to do it again. You have to stop it by the spirit of prayers. If you don't know how to pray, there are some demons you can deal with. Some time ago, some people come with Jesus. And they told Jesus, we've been trying to cast out this demon from this guy for a long time. And since you weren't around, we couldn't cast out the demon. And Jesus looked at the disciples and told the disciples, this demon, this demon is an old demon. This is a beast kind of demon. You can't do it without prayers and fasting. You need to be in the job for a long time. That's the next thing about a carpenter. You need to know the job very well. You need to be on this job for a long time. And not just that you stay in your house to know the job, but you need to be in the workshop. Brothers and sisters, I wish I can preach to somebody right now. And the workshop is the place of prayers where God works on me for me to work on other things. I don't know whether you even understand that sometimes God wakes you up in the middle of the night to pray. You're not even praying for yourself, but he works on you to work on others. I want to see some people in this hall that knows that God has been working on me to work on other people. God has been raising me up to raise some people in my family. I'm not just struggling for myself. I'm not praying for myself. I'm praying for my house. Because there are some horns that we need to pull down. There are some horns that we need to drive down. There are some horns that wants to scatter us. I've seen family of seven turn into nobody. Nobody in the family remains because there's a horn that nobody was careful about. I've seen some people who have walked in a very nice place. And they used to come to the village with escorts. And they come to the village very rich. And when they come to the village, everybody smiles because they spend money. But they now lose their job, come down to nothing because they were neglecting the horns. And the horns pulled them down. You have to understand that when you are sleeping, the devil is not sleeping. When you want to backslide and do something bad, the devil is not backsliding. We need to wear our uniform. We need to do the same thing. We need to be of the same mind. We need to think the same way. We need to reason together. We need to come together and pray because you are my carpenter and I am your carpenter. You can't do it all by yourself. You need me to survive. I need you to survive. We have to understand that there is a task ahead of us and you can't do it by yourself. If you can do it by yourself, that's why you don't need a church. But when you discover that I have a problem and I need to solve this problem, that's why you come to the church because you need some other person by your side to pray with you as you pray for some other person. You need some things to shout until they leave your life. You need some demons to rebuke in your life. You don't just need to stay and feel that everything is okay. There are some demons that we need to deal with. We need to learn how to wake up in the midnight and pray until we can stop some devil that is coming afar. There are demons that we need to deal with. Demons have ruled over our families for too long. They have ruled over our life for too long. They have ruled over our destiny for too long. There are some enemies we need to deal with and that is just if you can be my carpenter let's be upstanding everybody if you can be my carpenter if we can pray together if we can deal with this horn together if we can pray together if our mind can be focused on the same thing Many times, if you listen to me pray, one of the things I pray about is I pray for the presence of God. Because if I have the presence of God, this beast will not even be able to survive where I am. I visited my friend at you, and I saw a certain kind of flower around this environment. The flower I saw around this environment was something very unusual. It wasn't really beautiful. 
So I asked him, what kind of fruit is this? Is it a fruit or something? And he said, no, when he came into this compound, that there were too many snakes. And that the snake disturbed them too much. And so all they needed to do was to get this plant. And they planted it everywhere. And I asked him, are you sure it's not just a big speculation? What does the plant really do? The brother told me, the moment snake comes in, it can run because of the presence of that plant. The brother told me, we may not perceive the scent, or you can call it the order of the plant. We may not perceive it, but the snake perceives it. It destroys it. One thing you need to understand about the devil is that you may pray, and for you, you don't feel like anything is happening. You don't perceive anything. But the devil is running mad every day. A small boy of about nine years came to a pastor and told the pastor, there's a prayer you people used to do in this place every Monday. And but for some time now, you have not done that prayer. And the man said, yes, because we tried to do the prayer. And the people that used to come for the prayer all stayed back and we couldn't do it again. I tried to do it by myself for two weeks and I could not continue. So I decided to stop the prayers. And the little boy, the nine-year boy, tell the man, I am, I am a witch. I'm a wizard. So I came to tell you that we have been gathering in this primary school for some time. And what pursued us from the primary school was that Monday prayer. Anytime you pray, we can't gather. The fire in the environment is always so hot for three days, four days. So we can gather. So we decided to leave the place to somewhere very far away. And the man looked at himself and uh, was the one who shared this testimony because this prayer looked like it wasn't working. That's why people stayed back because they thought, why are we praying for something that is not working? Why are we doing something that is not even making sense? This thing is not making sense. I'm praying all the time and God has not made me a millionaire overnight. I'm praying all the time of what use is this prayer? Come on, let me just do. They never knew that while they were praying, something was busy happening. The devil was uncomfortable. Sometimes you don't even understand that it's not the first hour that I'm putting the saw that I will be able to cut something down. I have to saw it for some time until the thing is complete completely gone. You don't even understand that the devil has started shaking when you pray and when you don't pray and you feel that you are resting, that's when the enemy is enjoying. You need to understand that God didn't bring that brother to you for an accident. He brought the brother so that you can always have somebody that can wake somebody up and you hold your hands and you say, you need to pray with me. We are my carpenter. We need to pray together until God lifts us up to this level. We need to pray together until God takes us to the next level of our life. We can't settle like this with all our intelligence and we are not known anywhere. We need to pray like this until God lifts me up. I remember many years ago when I met my friend Pastor James Sedikan, we said we have to pray until God uses us. We can't settle down like this and being loved by other people, just people around us. We need to be heard abroad. We need to be heard everywhere. Our voice has to be heard. Anointing should be able to gather people. Let's pray together because you are my carpenter. Together we can pull down the horns of the devil. Together we can destroy the enemy. So the pastor thought the prayer was not working. The members thought the prayer was not working and they stopped the prayer. They never knew that the prayer was what that was pulling off the plans of the enemy. I need to close your eyes. The last testimony I'm going to share with you right now is that, not even a testimony, I want to just give you an illustration right now. I need you to understand if you are in a house, and there is light inside the house. 
and it is night. And there were other people that are outside where they are, there is no light. I want you to understand that the people who are in the dark place can see you that is in the place that is shining. But you that is in the house where there is light, you can see them outside that are in the dark place. Am I talking to somebody? Do I need to repeat that again? If you are in the house, there is light on and this is night. You cannot see somebody outside who is in the dark. But the person can see you very well. What does that mean, pastor? The kingdom of darkness sees you very well. Though you can see them. So what you need to do is that if you are hearing some noise outside and you are inside and you can't see anybody outside and you suspect that that may be a thief outside, one of the ways to chase the thief outside is to make some noise. And that is to say, who is that? And start calling for help outside. That's when the thief start running as if he has seen somebody. I want you to know that now that you're feeling that there's nobody around, I'm not seeing anybody, I don't have any enemy, I don't have any trouble, I don't have any demons around me, you are just in a house where there is light. And the kingdom of darkness are just there. They watch the progress, they watch your growth, watch everything about you, and they watch everything that is going on in your life. And you don't even understand that your life is being watched. And except you start opening your mouth and start praying and calling on God for intervention, you may just be walking like that and get into trouble. But my most important concern is in the carpenter's uniform. And the carpenter's uniform is what makes them license the deal with the horns. And so we have to be clothed with holiness. We have to think the same thing. We have to reason the same thing. We have to be on the same accord. Because if you don't wear this uniform, you will not be able to deal with this beast. And the truth is that since the beast is outside... In the dark outside, and we are in a place where there is light, he sees us very well. So he knows somebody who's hiding in the church fornicating. He knows somebody who's just staying in the church and is not living a holy life. He knows your spiritual life. He knows the things you do. So when you want to hold the beast, he can easily get off from your hands. Close your eyes. Let's pray. I need you to just get a carpenter right now and hold his hands. Somebody that you can intercede with. Somebody that you can just pray for. Somebody that you can say, I, I want to pray with you. Somebody that you are sure will be able to pray with you this morning. We just have five minutes to pray. Just five minutes. Somebody that you can intercede for. The truth is that life is so artificial that you can see somebody look very good. But inside, he has a decayed kidney. He has an abnormal heart. He has a half lungs. He has a decayed intestines. He can have a sweet face, but has a sickle cell. And these are demons that we can pray out. Wherever you are, I need you in just five minutes to open your mouths and be a carpenter to somebody that you're holding right now. How I wish you can pray for the person. How I wish you know that the person that you're holding needs help. How I wish that you know that the person that you're holding needs too much help. So much help.
so much help that your prayer could be the only thing. You are my carpenter. I need you to pray for me. You are my carpenter. I need you to intercede for me. You are my carpenter. We can stop this thing by ourselves. We can stop this thing just being careless. We need to be together. Have a shout out, brother. Come on, pray for somebody that you're holding. You have three more minutes to do that prayer. Three more minutes to do the prayer. Open your mouth and pray for the person that you're holding. I want to hear your voice. Lord, help my brother. Help my sister.
Lift up your hands, everybody. Wherever you are, lift up your hands. Zika by Yakaya. Hayabo Feshike de Kogya. As you're lifting up your hands right now, I'm joining force with you to pray against every beast. Every beast that has been destroying your life. Every beast. I'm joining force with you right now. That your hands that is lifted up is holding my hands right now. I'm joining force with you to pray against every beast. That have been trying to destroy your life. Lift it up, lift it up, lift it up. Every beast that has been trying to destroy your future. Every beast that has been trying to destroy your destiny. Every beast that has been trying to destroy families. Every beast. Lift your hands up. to pray with. I don't have a close friend to pray with. I'm not married yet. Who do I pray with? Who is my carpenter? 
as your hands are lifted up, I came to tell you that you are my carpenter. And I am your carpenter. We'll pray together until you get out of that storm. I'll pray with you until you get out of that storm. Lift your hands up right now. As I'm praying for you right now, I came to feed 50 people in this hall who have been struggling under a strong power of beasts who have been destroying their life. I came to help about 70 people in this hall who have been looking for a way out of their trouble. I don't know how many pillars are lifted up. Every demon that has been trying to frustrate your life, it doesn't allow you to go forward. It doesn't allow you to go forward. It doesn't allow you to become who God wants you to become. As your hands are lifting up right now, I see that demon jumping out. 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 Lift your hands up. That demon that has been frustrating you. As I hear eight years of frustration. Eight years of frustration. Eight years of consistent frustration. I've seen another person. You have been going down the staircase of some. You have been going down the staircase of destruction. The devil keeps destroying you gradually, gradually. It brings you down, brings you down. But as your hands are lifted up, I see eight people getting ready to be free right now. I see eight people getting ready to be free right now. I see eight people getting ready to be free right now. Be free in the name of Jesus. Lift up your hands. About 90 of you under this room. God wants to use you and write something that has never been written in your family. About 90 of you, you are listening to me right now. About 90 of you, the anointing of God is going to come upon you. About 90 of you, the anointing is coming upon you. God wants to use you and rewrite history. Lift up your hands, everybody. Lift up your hands. Something is about to happen. About 90. I've seen 90 people right now. Angel is losing a chain from their leg. 90 people right now. Angel is losing a chain from your leg. 90. 90 people right now. Angel is losing a chain from your leg. Angel is losing a chain from your leg. Angel is losing a chain. 90. 90 people right now. Where are the 90 people? Lord, don't shake it. Lord, don't shake 90 people. 90 people. Lord, don't shake it. God said, I'm losing chains from their leg. I wanted to reach where they wouldn't have reached. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glorious God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Blessed is the name of the Lord. Close your eyes, everybody. Keep down your hands and close your eyes, everybody. Close your eyes. Everybody close your eyes. I'm seeing some people's eyes. Close it. Close it. I came to announce to some of you here that you're listening to me. That the battle in front of you, we are not fighting against flesh and blood. We are not fighting against flesh and blood. We are not fighting against uncle and auntie. We are fighting against powers of darkness demonic powers and oppressions of the enemy. And number one weapon to use to fight with this demon is holiness. Is holiness. If you are not holy, 
If you are not holy, you can't fight this battle. You can't defend your house. You can't help your family. You can't help your father. You can't help your mother. If you are not holy, you cannot be able to walk out of that thing that the devil is using to bring you down. All you need is holiness. A life that is free from guilt. From the day I gave my life to Christ, one of the things I've been so thankful for is that there's no time I come to pray that the devil reminds me of the things I did. And that's the joy you can have when you're praying. When the devil no longer have anything to use against you. I need you, some right, somebody right now listening to me under the sound of my voice. I want you to be free from whatever thing that you're going through. But number one way to be free, as you're still closing your eyes, is to get off from darkness. Is to give your life to Jesus. If to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, is to make your, up your mind to be, to live a holy life. So that you can fight this battle and win. As all the eyes are closed right now, if you are here in this room and you need Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, more than every other day, more than how you have ever done it before, you are here, you know you're struggling in darkness, you're in sin, you need Jesus to be your Lord, your Savior, you need your life to be changed, you need Jesus to write your name in the book of life, you need to be qualified before God to fight this battle that God has, has kept in front of you. I need you to just lift your hands up to heavens right now I'm praying with you if you are here you need Jesus to be your Lord and Savior you want to give your life to Christ I need you to just lift up your hands right now I'm praying with you thank God you have a pastor that can pray with you thank God you have a pastor that can pray with you I need you to just right now wherever you are lift up your hands above your head don't be ashamed of anybody I'm praying with you right now I'm not here to condemn you I'm here to pray with you lift up your hands lift up your hands I've seen four hands already I've seen four hands already. I've seen six already. I've seen six hands already. Is there any other person that wants to lift up his hands? Somebody else who said, Lord, I need you to be in my life. I need you to just turn things around. I need you to just put a security around my life. I need you to help me out. I need you to just help me out. I've been going through too much. I've been going through my own beast is fornication. My own beast is masturbation. My own beast is lesbianism. Lord, I need you to help me out. Lift up your hands. I'm praying with you right now. I need you, I need you to come into my life. I need you to be my Lord. I need you to be my savior. Lift your hands. I've seen about nine hands right now. Lift it up. I'm glad for these hands that are lifted up. These are people that miss business with God. I'm glad for these people that are lifting up their hands. I'm praying with you right now and I need to lift up your voice and start praying for yourself. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Lord Jesus, restore me. Lord Jesus, change me. Lord Jesus, make me who you want me to be. Lord Jesus, I've been struggling too much. I've been running through a lot of things. I've been going through too much. I've been going through a lot of things, Lord. I wanted to help me out. I wanted to help me out. I wanted to renew my mind. I wanted to change me. I wanted to make me your child. I wanted to walk me out of darkness and put me in the marvelous light of Christ. I want my sins forgiven. I want to be restored. I want to repent. From today, Lord Jesus, I am your child. Thank you, Jesus, for answering my prayer. In Jesus' name, I'm praying for you right now, Lord. As your hands are still lifted up, I pray that your sins are forgiven. I pray that you close them right now with this army uniform, with this carpenter's uniform, with this white garment that makes us different. Close them right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Lift up your hands and start worshiping God. 
Are you worshiping God? Wave your hands and worship the Lord. Wave your hands and worship the Lord. Are you worshiping God? Is that all you can do? While you're still waving your hands, I need to start saying, Lord, thank you for the message. Thank you for making me a carpenter. Thank you for making me a carpenter. Put your hands together for Jesus. Were you blessed? Were you blessed at all? Were you blessed? This side, were you blessed? This side, were you blessed?